You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, an interview series with the world's most inspiring women in business. These are honest business conversations over a glass of wine to help you shortcut your success in business. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, three times founder, huge wine enthusiast and always willing to share all of the gory business details to help you grow your business no matter what that looks like to you. If you want more spark in your business, check out our membership Spark365 for daily business growth tips at sparkfoundersprogram.com. And a huge shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. Welcome to Spark TV. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here, Danielle. Thank you for um, providing this opportunity. It's it's so great. Oh, so good. And yeah, we had to like hit record because you and I are talkers and we just started obsessing <laughs> over knitting. So, <laughs> so I'm so excited to share your business. Let's tell everyone who you are and what you do. Great. So um, my business name is Dear Prue. Um, I'm a nitropreneur, uh, which means I design. Oh, my God. I love that. Nitropreneur. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've coined a new term. I love it. The wide range of things I do within the universe. Mm -hmm. So I I teach uh, teach workshops. I design patterns. Um, I coordinate um, tours for international designers to come wow. and teach in Australia. Um, I write for knitting publications. Um, I've had um, a feature in a, a quite high-profile pro- high uh, knitting magazine this year. Um, and, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. But, yeah, the teaching is the focus. That's where it started. Yeah. This is this is so cool. So we just started geeking out because I started a knitting project on the weekend. And it's funny because my <laughs> my husband was like, I didn't know you knitted. And I feel like he was like, you're not a grandma. What is going on? <laughs> oh, I hate that. Seriously. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. So as I look at you, like young, gorgeous, you know, very intelligent, how did you get into knitting? Because it, it does have that funny like stigma around it. It's really terrible. Um, and in fact, I just want to unpack that that it's mm. it's a bad thing to be a grandma and it's not a bad to be an older woman yes. engaging in something. And I think, but it, it has a connotation when people say, Oh, that's such a nana thing, they do it in a disparaging way. When totally. it, in fact, like we should embrace the fact that it has a female identity and it often links us to our matrilineage, heritage and so forth. And so, yeah, I learned through a female um, neighbour and then my grandma was the one that really kind of encouraged me um, through um, through the, uh, the, the ritual of tea and cake and getting out the English women's um, magazines, English women's weekly magazines at the end of the, the lunch every sort of fortnight or so when we make the travel about an hour down to, to their house. Um, and, yeah, and it was through picking over the patterns and, and trial and error and so forth, I developed my own kind of skills. Um, but then as an adult, um, through friendships, like finding finding my people that I could knit with, um, and ma- matching that up with my um, my knitting, uh, my sorry, my teaching um, mm-hmm. profession. So I'd been a teacher for some years, and then I thought, oh, I could actually maybe share some of these knitting skills that are so much a part of my life with my community, and then it sort of kind of rolled away from there. 
I love that so much because you're spot on. I was just thinking about, you know, you're talking about learning from your grandma and, you know, passing on the skills. And I do wonder if why there's a bit of a stigma is because we see our grandparents do this art, this craft, mm -hmm. and it's not being passed down as much. So I I don't know. I And I think I wonder then if maybe guys see the grandmas doing this activity and have that connotation, but I'm the same. So my grandma um, taught me lots of, lots of crafty things. So tapestry and cross stitch yeah. and yeah. crochet and knitting. Yeah. And then my mum taught me how to sew. And it's just like, it's really interesting. I, I, I feel really grateful that I have, you know, and look, I don't, pick up that I use the skills very much. Um, and I think I was just saying earlier before we hit record was I, I'm getting back into it because I'm yeah. looking for an activity that is away from a screen that yeah. is more meditative. Um, I feel super grateful that those skills were passed down to me and it's something that I can just go to and lean on as an activity. That's just, yeah, it's a really beautiful thing to do, I think. I agree. And I think that's um, all the reasons you've named, Danielle, the reasons why this is a great time to be an entrepreneur, um, yeah. because there is this real resurgence um, in interest in any kind of um, art or craft form, because mm. people want to switch off from their screens, they want to reconnect with themselves and with others, they want to be creative or to express themselves creatively. Um, and 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 then also to find new people that also are drawn to these things. So, you know, that connection, which is so much a part of being human, that we mm -hmm. crave. Um, and we can knit and we can chat at the same time. That's the other thing. Like it's not, it's not a very, it is a focused activity, but mm -hmm. it's the kind of activity where you can pause and chat and you can you can work on something together and connect and vibe over it. So yeah, it's really positive. Well, I'm not going to lie. You said tea and cake and I feel like I'm doing it wrong because I haven't got tea and cake in my life. So yeah, come on, you're going to have the snacks. Um, there's, there's a whole like genre out there of, um, of knitting photos with like coffee or tea and cake mm -hmm. positioned, but also there's uh, there's also people into other kind of snacks. So they'll go for like the Cheetos or the Doritos or whatever, but they'll use like tongs so they don't oh, get course. <laughs> I would be the person that just gets like food all over my project. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That is amazing. I love it. I love it. So you said you were in teaching before this, is that yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm a qualified teacher. Um, I've been a teacher for 17 years. Um, so um, my areas of specialization in, in the education field are learning design. So I was an education consultant Ooh. most recently. Um, so I, I taught teachers how to um design their their learning um and uh, at a uni university level um I also um, taught history for a long time and English to high school students um yeah so so that's that's still kind of ticking along I still do a bit of consultancy in my in the education space and I teach a bit of relief teaching because there's such a need for it and I, I really love being in the classroom with the kids um and let's be honest like while I'm making my my businesses in the black and I'm making quite a bit of um cash with doing what I'm doing it's still quite not quite enough for a living wage so I'm just topping yep. up especially because I'm planning to go to the US in uh, January um, Ooh, cool. to attend a knitting conference. Um, uh, so Vogue Knitting Live in New York. And um, I've also got um, a couple of engagements in Boston and um, 
San Francisco, Santa Rosa, just an hour out of San Francisco. So that trip is quite an investment. So I've had to kind of go back and do a bit of relief teaching, but that's okay. It's good. It's good to have that in your back pocket to be able to. I think it's absolutely. I think that there's a really funny, again, I don't know why I keep using the word stigma today. (laughs) It's going to be my word for the day. But it is funny. I remember when I started, um, so Scrunch, my first business, I worked. So I had a a corporate career before being a business owner. And I worked all the way up until we ended up raising capital for the business. And I kind of had to then go all in on it. But I always say that to people, like if you have a job, don't quit. You know, if if you have an income coming in, you know, build your business up because it's just not an overnight thing, like building businesses. Yeah, but but sometimes you get those moments where you have to make a call to back yourself or to dial it back. So I had that moment about 18 months ago. So I'd been doing my business as a side hustle for four years um, Mm -hmm. and I kept getting these requests to go teach interstate, to do more workshops locally, to put out more designs. And I approached my um, my boss and said, look, you know, these things are happening for me and, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know what how to juggle, you know, all these things and and uh, to meet my other, you know, business, um, mm. requirements in my, my substantive position. Anyway, um, she re- they refused, the leadership team refused to give me part-time. And wow. so it was a really tricky moment because I was working, um, I was working in education leadership, um, uh, in which is like the highest level in my state, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, I was really loving it. But I, I just had to back myself. Basically, I just had this yeah. moment where I'm like, I don't want to give up what I've worked towards, and I can see that if I keep going, that it's going to keep building. It was probably just a little bit early in the day to step away from full time like work um, or step away from a, a wage, but it was a really powerful moment to sort of say, you know what, I I believe in myself and I think there's a future in this for me and I don't want to dial it back. Um, and, How did and, that feel? How did it feel yeah. making the decision? It actually was surprisingly easy. Um, it was actually just hard kind of making some other people understand what yeah. <laughs> Uh, including my husband, yeah. uh, he was a bit like, can you take it back? Can you just like go back to oh, work? So no. and, back? and I'm like, <laughs> oh, nah, it's done. It's done. Um, but yeah, so no, it felt really, really good. And I did, I did have a lot of support too. I had mentors around me who were saying, yep, you're making the right decision. No, I know it's going to be a bit scary, but also this is the right decision for you. Um, and, you know, I had a little, not heaps, but I had a little bit of cash in the bank and having that kind of, um, there's no parachute apart from being able to go back and do relief teaching yeah. um, <laughs> meant, that, meant that like, I really had to work hard, like, yeah. and really be focused about chasing those opportunities. And I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, side hustles are awesome. Like I 100% agree with you. Don't you don't have to like quit your job and start start a new thing. Side yeah. hustles are a great way to to trial different ideas and practice and see what's possible and what the market's like. Taste different op- options for yourself. But it, if you really want to grow a business fast, stepping away and giving it everything, it just yeah, it really did made a huge difference in the growth and the impact of my business. Yeah. I love that. And I think I'm really interested. So when you did make the leap, 
Mm. Um, did you know, and you said, you know, there's nothing like not having a parachute. It does look <laughs> to hustle and focus. Did you notice a change in the business at that point? 100%, yeah. So I had to be a lot more, um, well, maybe not in the first few months. I was still kind of just working out what my week looked like, you know, and how did I organise my time? Because I was basically doing everything sort of before work, after work, on the weekends. And so now uh, I had like nine to five maybe or did I have like a six to midnight <laughs> yeah yeah 24 hours a day now great <laughs> so yeah I really had to sort of think about the the workflow and the you know um and also sort of chasing opportunities and thinking about cash flow as well so you know I'm not getting a wage fortnightly so how I'm gonna how am I gonna ensure that things are coming in um so that I can continue to sort of to live <laughs> um and to yeah to manage not just my um my input of cash but by input and output of energy as well so um yeah so that was you know I think I've learned a lot I made a lot of mistakes but I've definitely developed a much better system um and you know really even setting calendar reminders for doing my counts and things like that. Oh, and I, I joined an um, incubator. I forgot to mention that. That was a huge oh, thing. Cool. Yeah. Huge thing. So I joined an incubator for creatives um, and we focused on um, business skills for, for creatives and that was a massive thing because it was a three-month pro- program called Vaulting Ambitions we, uh, through, um, uh, so Libby, um, uh and now what is the name? I can't remember. <laughs> all right, that's uh, all right. The Prompt Creative Centre in town in Adelaide. Um, uh, yeah, Libby and her husband, um, that Matt, they run it, and it was fantastic. It was the best thing for me. And I'd say find finding that community who can support you aren't necessarily in your field, mm. but you are able to help you develop skills and feel part of um, a business community, um, so that you can keep keep growing and keep connecting and you're not just stuck in your home office. <laughs> no, and I do love that. And you've mentioned a couple of really interesting things there. Um, so I want to go back to when you said, you know, you kind of needed to organize your day and implement some systems and processes. You mentioned the uh, calendar reminders, which I'm a huge, huge <laughs> believer in too. If it's not in my calendar, it literally doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was, I'm keen to know like how you went through that process. Was it complete trial and error or have you got any like advice that you would give people when they're kind of looking at their week and going, how do I actually organize my time? Well, it was something that I'd been doing when I was working in consultancy, like mm-hmm. I, um, because I keep getting meeting requests and I was like, well, when am I going to do the work that's coming, that's coming out of this meeting? Yes. Um, so I would set time for each of the actions that needed to happen from that meeting so I developed that over a few years but somehow I'd I hadn't worked out that I could transfer that insight from my corporate world over into my you know into my life and and the other thing around having regular engagement with things that I learned from the teaching world as well that you know you have that's why you have maths three times a week or you do English you know and you have assignments and and even my study, I, I did a master's of edu- uh, educational leadership, and I had had to, you know, balance that with full time work. So, I'm, so I had this moment where I actually have some skills and some experiences that might be useful if I transfer them over here. So, mm-hmm. I, so, but I, I had a few months there where I was just flying blind and didn't bother to sort of organize myself at all. So, 
once I'd put systems back in place and I'd use a color coding system, uh, all my actions, all my activities were um, calendarized as events. And I also was checking and um, evaluating the, the color spread as well. So mm-hmm. making sure that there was, because um, I wanted design to, and teaching to be at the core, but somehow yeah. I had like a lot of blue, which is my email and accounts uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I've got to somehow address this and bring it back mm. into balance um, so that my values as a business person yes. are reflected in how I spend my time yeah. as well. Mm. I really love that. So that's really hitting home for me right now because one of the things I've been thinking about as I reflect on 2023 is that I haven't done enough of what I want to do. So Mm. I have been complaining (laughs) about about doing too much of something that I don't like. But then I'm going, well, I haven't calendarized space or created space for myself to do those things, which I believe are the things that I need to do to grow the business that I want to grow. So it is really interesting. You'd really have to be careful and intentional intentional Intentional. about, yeah, about how you spend your time and how you map things out. I really love that. Yeah. And it's, it's data that you can then analyze and make different decisions Mm. about your action might be, oh, look, I'm spending a lot of time on my emails. Do I need to get a VA to like filter my emails? Or I'm spending a lot of time um, on my marketing stuff and I'm not enjoying it. Should Mm. I outsource this to someone else so that then I can open up space um, in my diary to do the things that I'm meant to be that are core to my business or the things Mm. that I value and that drew me here in the first place. Mm. I love that. That's amazing. Now, the other thing you just mentioned before was community. So I'm really keen to understand how that has shifted things for you in business. Yeah. So I think um, community is such an interesting concept. Some people um, link it with a geographical location and that's it. You know, I live in X community, but the knitting community is kind of, for me, it's it's quite sort of um, diaphanous. Like it's it's an online community. It's a physical community that I engage with, you know, monthly or weekly when I, I teach classes or I attend a social knitting group. Um, it's also um, a, I think, also goes across time. So I sort of see myself as connected to a knitting community you know, across, you know, back to, like I said, the matrilineage sort of concept. So, yeah, it's a much sort of broader thing than just, you know, I go to this knitting group weekly or fortnightly, like some people might kind of consider. Um, And it has cultural, historical kind of context and it has its own language. (laughs) You know, it really is. It has its own kind of um, complete identity as a community, like you would have the gaming community or the, the, um, you know, the Italian community. It sort of has a a similar kind of, um, uh, yeah, broadness to it. Mm. I love that. And I think it's really interesting. Um, You know, you mentioned community around, you know, knitting, obviously, and then the accelerator that you joined from a business point of view. I think that, you know, we can be a part of a lot of different communities in our life and they all bring us different value and and sort of solve for different needs. Yeah. 
totally. And I think um, the other sort of community would be like I live in the city of Charles Sturt and there's a women in business um, networking, a, a regular event that occurs as well as a, just a, a, a general everyone's invited business um, networking event um, that happens monthly usually. Um, and no one there is, you know, knitting as far as I can tell. <laughs> Um, but but it's such a great way to meet other people who perhaps are at the same point in their business, even if they're working in a completely different industry. Yes. Or you'll hear from someone talking about email marketing um, from and they they work in hospo and you're kind of making connections and analysing it from your own context, which, you know, mm-hmm. and learning um, something new or a new approach that you hadn't considered might be relevant in your context so that's been really positive too it hasn't all been just within a bubble of the creative kind Mm -hmm. of creative um, businesses but really yeah drawing looking across and learning from oh that's what they do over in you know events or what that's what they do you know and that's relevant to me in this this way and that way and take what you need from it Mm. I love that so much. There's so much to be learnt from other people with different perspectives. Mm. It's really interesting. I love, I love, I really love that point because sometimes when we just look to our, you know, our kind of, I guess, related communities or even our competitors, what are they yeah. doing? I feel yeah, like exactly. that can really stifle our creativity. Yes, because we, we're doing a one-to-one um, co- uh, comparison yes. when it's for competitors and you're saying, I'm not doing that well enough or I mm-hmm. should be doing that rather than going, you know, what's the big picture here? What am I, Who are the people I'm trying to serve? What's mm-hmm. the problem I'm solving? What's my value? Um, what's best practice when you're looking at um, customer user journeys or what's best practice in communicating regularly with my customer and it might not be evident within your niche it might actually be in a completely different field that you start to understand something or learn something that's going to set you apart from your competitors even though that wasn't your starting point yeah I love that has there been anything for you this year that has really stood out as being critical to your business growth. So whether it be something that you've learned from one of these communities or just a new experiment you've tried, a new marketing channel, anything that's helped you grow this year? Oh, so much. Like, um, so I really love Gary V. <laughs> oh my God, me too. I know he's like uh, polarizing, but I love yeah, him. But he's such a guru. And like, yeah. I think, so at sometimes it was things that I needed to hear to confirm I was on the right right track mm, or something. Yeah. And other times it was a reminder to recalibrate where I needed to be at and what I needed to be posting. Um, so one of the key things um, was, um, and it was something around not like not you're focusing too much on the product or whatever. It was something along those lines. Yeah. And it made me realize, yeah, I I need to do, and I'd heard it before, but it sort of helped from even from the Vaulting Ambitions program. Don't be all about the selling, be about yeah. the story, you know, the storytelling. What's yes. what's the who are you? What are you trying to do? Who are your people? How do you celebrate their successes with working with you and so forth? Mm-hmm. And then the product selling should actually only really be about 30 percent so mm. tell stories did this like digital mark a digital storytelling workshop which was fantastic and she talked about yeah tell the story then then do the sale or the call mm. to action but don't do just sell 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 because you'll lose people yeah, yeah. 
I really love that. And I, cause I'm such a big proponent of the soft sell, you know, mm -hmm. so how can I, how can I give value and talk about a topic and mm -hmm. then the link to buy is somewhere on the page. <laughs> and if you happen to stumble across it, <laughs> you know, I, I do actually love that because it helps people you know, really connect with what it is you're doing, really connect with the story and then go on their own journey of wanting to find out more and wanting to yeah. buy into something that you're doing. So I do, I do love that. I think it's, don't get me wrong, I think it's hard sometimes to figure out what your story is and to show up yeah. and tell your story, but I think you're spot on when you can articulate, you know, why you're doing what you're doing or, you know, the journey or the education for the customer, depending on what field you're in. That's it is right. really powerful. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, it builds loyalty um, mm. because and people want to see themselves or their friends online or they want to see people like yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so really celebrating, you know, I really share a lot of photos of my community in my feed as well. Like whenever I have a class, their photos are up there. Yeah. Um, the I think the other key thing was um, was around um, really backing myself in terms of my product and my value and the, my pricing um so it was it was very scary to put up my prices mid-year um but really being firm on what it, what it is that you know I'm offering and being clear about my terms and conditions and I didn't get pushback like people went along with me and said yep yep no I'm I'm happy to do that um so it's um, funny I think sometimes we build up the stuff in our heads more yeah. <laughs> like we build up all of the oh my god they're gonna say this they're gonna hate me they're gonna leave the business oh my god oh my god and then it's like no they're like whoa we thought we were paying too little for all this time <laughs> it's like oh damn it <laughs> so it is interesting I think sometimes when we're embarking on something new or we're putting up our prices or we're doing anything where we are, I guess, impacting our community, sometimes mm -hmm. it can be a bit scary. But I love what you said around just backing yourself and knowing your value. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So good. No, it's incredible. So talk to me about the journey from employee to business owner. So obviously being uh, employed as a teacher, employed as a consultant, you know, you've got a little, well, some say stability, but it's different, different dynamic. Moving yeah. to business owner, what have been some of the challenges for you around, yeah, business ownership versus employee? Mm. So I think, first of all, um, I think you'd have quite a few teachers or former teachers in your community <laughs> or people. <laughs> and teachers have an amazing skill set. Like mm. we are, you know, uh, we're not just educators, we're counsellors, we're um, HR, you know, uh, people, we're yeah, state wow. managers, we're, um, you know, content producers, we're communicators. With marketers, <laughs> you know, there's there's so much about, and and it is a bit quite autonomous. Like, yes, there is a lot of influence and a lot of, um, you know, input from from leadership. And you know, if you are in a school that doesn't have good leadership, you really feel it on the ground. Mm. Um, but but your classroom, your man, your manager of that classroom, 
Um, so I think I took a lot from that experience and from my experience working in consultancy and um, and I'd learned a lot through, uh, I'd worked in an agile methodology, I'd worked in a, you know, various other kind of settings and I really loved the freedom to take what worked for me <laughs> and plug it in. As I said, I, I went a little bit too free uh, yeah. <laughs> and I had to like, you know, okay, let's put some strategies and some, you know, some organisation in place. Mm. Um and, and that idea of a self-meeting, of sitting down and going, right, so, you know, where are we at this week? What are the goals? Um, you know, let's look at the calendar and analyse, you know, what the colour mix is. Is there enough of this, that and the other? Or do I need to sort of recalibrate what my week should look like? So, yeah, I've really, I really enjoy that um, side of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it hasn't been as much of a crazy shift Um just that little wobble where I went, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get it. back into line. <laughs> oh, it's so good. No, and it is so good. I love, you know, so many skills are transferable when we're moving from, you know, corporate to business. I love that. I do. I do agree with you. I do think we all tend to go a little bit wild in the beginning. But if you <laughs> if you kind of reflect on the you know all of the things that you've learned over the years, you're so right. Like they're so applicable in business. Mm-hmm. It's a nice way to kind of shortcut success. You don't have to start from nothing. <laughs> you that's do right. have however many years of experience. Exactly, and I think Danielle, that's why I found it quite. Um, frustrating a lot of the discussion around these these grants like the women in business grant mm. that the family and small business brought in um and there were there's other local grants um that really were like oh we want women to like succeed so we're going to give them heaps of mentoring and heaps of like training workshops and so forth mm. and i think we it, it to me, it sounded a little bit condescending and didn't recognise the huge backpack of skills and experiences that women, especially when they're transitioning from employee to um, yeah. to, to uh, a small business owner or solopreneur, whatever, um, that they carry with them. And yeah. really, they actually just need capital. So that's what I think this Spark Grant is fantastic. <laughs> because, you know, you re- you're one of the few that are recognising that, implementation money is key because you can have these great ideas and think you can look at your calendar and go yes I could outsource my marketing to someone but then who's paying that you know how how are you funding that like transition? oh my god <laughs> I love it so much because this is literally the rant that started yes. it all you know? <laughs> this is literally I just you know I totally agree because I I've applied for so many grants uh mm-hmm. on the scrunch side um, Mm -hmm. over the last decade. And, you know, it was just, it was so soul destroying because it was Mm -hmm. just, you know, yeah, mentoring or, you know, you've got to spend the money on an external consultant, you know, or I wasn't innovative enough or I wasn't female enough because I had male investors. Like it was just so, or you didn't live in the right state. I was like, what the heck? You know, they, people say the words, that they want to support women in business, but their actions and the criteria don't support that. It drives yeah, me wild. Very frustrating. So I think there needs to be a switcheroo or like a re again, I love this word, recalibration yes. to to, you know, okay, yes, there are women who need 
training or support to and mm. like a coach to sort of unpack the things that they have um, brought with them from other 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 businesses or other workplaces or even to sort of reset where they're going in the future or what strategies they're going to apply but yeah. there's plenty of that out in the marketplace and in fact there are other women who are trying to make that their business yeah. and if we could put money in their pockets (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I love it so much it's so true and it's something that you know I was getting really frustrated with the you know just people offering mentoring and what have you but and I probably hadn't connected it with the fact that women already have so many amazing skills I just think that's such a good thing to put a pin in that we underestimate the value that we bring to a business and we underestimate the value of the corporate career beforehand or being a mom and you know having to friggin manage that all day like the the skills women have and the lens that they can bring to business is just incredible and yeah if we can get more money in the hands of women, it will not be a bad thing. I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we could talk all day, through, but let's leave the Spark community with one last piece of advice. So okay. I always like to ask um, our Spark guests. So if you could reflect on your time in business mm. and give one piece of advice to another woman in business to help her on her journey, what would it be? It would be to trust your gut. And back yourself. Oh, one thing. <laughs> I love it. I think you are so right. I, um, yeah, just do it. Just get in do there. It. You've That's got it. It happened. <laughs> totally. Like you said, you just go back to find another job or you do another side hustle or do something. But like, oh my God, I love that as a piece of advice to end on. It's such a nice, inspiring thing for the end of the year or the start of the year, depending on when everyone's listening to this. But like just if you've got a little inkling that you could do something, get out there and back yourself. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Danielle. It's been so nice chatting. And you're you right, we keep going. <laughs> no you are the best Prue I really appreciate your time thank you for sharing your wisdom with the spark community you are incredible thanks so much that wraps another episode of spark tv thank you so much for listening i hope there was something in there that you needed today to help you on your business journey we would absolutely love it if you subscribed and leave a review this helps the spark podcast find its way to other amazing women in business if you want to hang out with us even more join spark 365 and you'll have me show up in your inbox every damn day with a business growth tip check it out at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Shout out to Spark TV sponsor IP Australia for their amazing support of the Spark podcast and women in business. And if no one tells you today, you've got this.